The Claim the Throne Blodgecast is here for another week. I'm Kaba and I'm here with one, the only Ashley Large, everybody. Hello, everybody. You sound dead. I heard that you're not supposed to say hello, everybody, on a podcast. Why? Because you're supposed to make it more personal, like you're talking to oh. one person. So we'd like to say, hi, Alan Smith. Yeah. How are you going? Or, yeah, but I don't like asking rhetorical questions when they can't ask back to tell us that they're having a real bad day. Or so I good. just blew that. No, I don't know. That's the, the technical rule, apparently. The okay, right thing sorry. to do. But Hold on. fuck that. Change again. Hi, Alan Smith. Yeah. Hi, Ned. I'm sure you're having a good day. Yeah. I trust that you're well. Yeah. It went well. Fuck, this is off to a good start, as always. Yeah, I've got a gnarly cold, so don't mind the tranny voice. Yeah, glad and I'm And don't anyone roommate. borrow this microphone after I finish talking into it. Um, I've been off sick from work most of the week. Got a fair bit of guitar time in and a little bit of podcasting, even though uh, bad voice. Uh, and it was fun. I've read lots of things on Twitter. A bit of Bobby Osinski I was telling you about before. Yeah, so explain to me what... What site is he posting on that you're reading? Uh, there's a site called Hypebot, which is, I think it's just like an aggregator or whatever the word is, where they gather um, information from a variety of sources mm. and they have guest posters. So Bobby Osinski was one of the regulars. So mm. I'm just opening all these articles and reading this interesting stuff and it just turns out that he is the one writing it most of the times. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and he seems good. Um, one of the things... One of the things they do is talk about Apple Music. <laughs> You're still using that fucking oh, thing, right? Constantly. Do you pay monthly or yearly? You can pay yearly? Apparently, according to Bobby Osinski, they've wow. sneakily introduced a one-year account. Cheaper? $99 for a year, so a couple of bucks, basically, per month. Because it's normally 10 a month, is it, or something like that? I don't know what it is. Eight, eight ninety-nine a month? I don't actually know. Maybe it's 12 a month. Mm. So it probably saves you maybe 20 bucks even a year, mm. which whatever. But um, what I hate is that Spotify and now Apple Music are both pushing for lower payments to artists. And they're already only paying half a cent per stream, if How? that. And But they're because they're just, none of them are making any money apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So my question to you is, why the fuck don't they just charge more for these services? Like I'm a Spotify user at 10 bucks a month or something like that. And I use the fuck out of it. I would gladly pay $20 a month for that. It's still cheaper than buying CDs and I have access to whatever I want and more money going to the artist. I think you're completely right because I do the same. At first, I scoffed at the idea of paying for like a legit account. And I think I did pay for Spotify. I signed up for like a month for free and then had the paid for subscription for about two months wasn't using it, didn't like the interface, et cetera, et cetera. But then I started, because I use my um, podcast app all the time, that's kind of what got me into the Apple Music because I thought if it's as easy as using my podcast app, then it should be pretty good. So I did the, I think maybe it was like six weeks free Apple Music. No, I think it was three months free. You can go back to early episodes of Claim of Throne and figure that out for me. And... Uh, yeah, I'd definitely pay way more for it. And so why not cut out like an exclusivity thing? Look, if you want to go on pirate shit and find music the hard way, you can go and do that and like constantly be 
knowing that you're ripping off artists and you're not giving him any money and you can be a scumbag, you're going to do it anyway if you're not going to pay 10 bucks for Apple Music. Yeah. But if you really want a music streaming service, we're not talking like Netflix versus Hulu versus Stan or something where, well, if you want to watch the new Breaking Bad, you've got to go here. If you want to watch New Game of Thrones, you've got to go here, blah, blah, blah. It's really divided. Whereas with music, it's like Apple Music has most of the shit Spotify has most of the shit. Yeah, one has something that the other doesn't have, but it's very rare. Um, and in the case of a band like Tool, they're on nothing. So mm. you, you might have to bust out your old Tool albums because they're, I hate to tell you, also not releasing albums. Yeah. And you've probably already bought them if you're like me and Cabba. So so you go and buy their new album when it, if it ever comes out one day. Mm, $30 for to, probably to buy it. I might one buy album. So you're listening to 20 albums a month on Apple Music or whatever. Yeah. Why not just pay a little bit extra? It's still good value, surely. I, th- I think it's absolutely good value. Yeah. And I wish, like, in the early days of me having an iPod, I used to love uh, cultivating a playlist of all my albums that I legitimately bought. I yeah. would rip and then I would listen to them on iPod. And then I would go and see how many times I've listened to each song. Yeah, yeah. And there was like one song that I'd listened to maybe five times more than any other song and stuff like that. And it would, I don't know, it was kind of a cool thing. If I had that on Apple Music, it would be pretty interesting to mm-hmm. be able to track the stats of what would it be worth in real terms, how many different albums. Because yeah. I'm also just like testing a band. So Al Smith, who I referred to at the start of the episode... Went to the Dark Mofo Festival did he? in Tasmania. He sure wow. did. Wow. No way. And he told me about this crazy sounding band who I should really find the name of. And I don't know if I picked the right album or what, but the point is there were albums on Apple Music that I was able to choose from and have a listen. Yeah. Man, I read the lineup for that festival. I didn't know any bands, I don't think. It was insane. And I wanted to go. Me too. Yeah. This band is called... Einsturzende Neubauten. Where do these bands come from, eh? I reckon this would have to be Germany. Anyway, it's really crazy, weird music. But yeah, I just copy and pasted that title into Apple Music and I'm quote unquote legitimately streaming yeah. their stuff and giving them even half a cent for the six or so songs I listen to. That is to. a service worth more than $10 a month. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And and it's I think it's great for the bands because if someone had put me onto a band that obscure, in the past I would not even know how to find a single song of theirs and so it would end up being piracy. I wouldn't even be able to find the CD in Perth, you know? Find it online at some yeah. distro, pay extra, pay shipping. Unless they got a band camp, that's kind of what that's good for, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And but, you can preview it, can't you? Yeah. Mm. But I also don't like the idea of file management. Yeah, same. So I don't want to... Inverloc, take that. Okay. Uh, that is my favourite album of 2016, Distance Collapsed. I bought a high-quality version of that off Bandcamp digitally. Also bought the vinyl as well. Never cracked the vinyl. That's just in its package. And never really listened to those high-quality digital yeah. files. I just started streaming it off Apple Music. Do you have the Bandcamp anyway. app? No. Apparently, you can stream your purchases there, I think. I've never used gotcha. it. Gotcha. Um, so, that would be the idea. But why would you want that when you've already got an Apple Music or something? You don't want a million different ones. And you know the other thing is that buying off Bandcamp, one, I, I can't afford to go out and buy yeah. the amount of albums I'm getting through on Apple Music on Bandcamp. But also, it's like Bandcamp takes a cut. They do. 
and it hurts. We sell well. I sell that acoustic album of ours, five dollars. By the time you get a Bandcamp fee and a PayPal fee, you end up with like less than three bucks, I think. Yeah. Okay. Still good. You don't have to pay for postage or do anything, and you just get an email and you get money. But still, it's a big cut. Mm. But I guess when you compare it to Spotify, you get less. Perhaps that reminds me. I don't know why I haven't put that on streaming services. May as well just do that. Hey? Yeah, for sure. Now that I've got DistroKid at a discounted price, which you can find details of at bandtoolshq.com slash distrokid and have unlimited uploads of albums for one price, which That's I don't amazing. think any other platforms do. CD Baby and stuff charge per release that you put on there. So if you're paying one fee a year, why not just upload some shit like Cabot Sings Claim the Throne if it costs nothing? You know what I think that's about? Mm. Take this back to the very start of the Claim the Throne blogcast, something we like to do, and how frustrating and annoying it was to get our podcast to be on iTunes. Yeah. And we've each since started new podcasts and had to go through that thing again. And what I really think it is, is that you and I could probably get our music onto Apple Music by ourselves, possibly for free or possibly for a tiny fee. And then it's just there forever. Well, we can and we do through DistroKid. Pretend we had never put an album up. We'd have to sign up and pay money to DistroKid. Yeah. I don't reckon it costs DistroKid bugger all to get stuff onto music sites. So what they're saying is, and this is totally based on no research, I reckon that maybe Reverb Nation charging once a year or those uh, other distro online distro things, it's a probably a one-off fee for them. And then they're just taking money off you. Income for every release, yeah. yeah. So I reckon Distro Kid's probably like wising up to it. Look, people yeah. are going to figure this out. Bobby Osinski's yeah. going to crack this case pretty <laughs> soon and piss everyone off. So yeah, yeah. Let's be a bit more ethical. We'll act as a middleman, take our our Distro fee, so to speak, and chuck it up there. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And you know, who knows? They might sort of in include extra services as time goes on and now they've already got all those customers for offering a cheap deal in the first place they might offer something like what you were saying before with you know you want stats of as a listener what are you listening to and that's a fucking interesting idea because as a artist with your music on streaming services you can see statistics of how many people are listening to your songs and how much you've earned why not have an account like that for a listener to see what they've listened to and where they're money has gone that would be great hmm. i'm sure there's probably some sort of listening stats that you can access but where your money's gone that's a real interesting you know, how much you know if you've streamed you know 50 songs of primordial and you want to hmm. know how much money they made off that from you listening to it and then you'd be happy to pay more per month like we're saying you know 20 bucks a month instead of 10 but you can see that you've contributed however many dollars to each artist bit of a motivator how we get onto that, Bobby Osinski. Mm. I read all that stuff. Oh, what a tangent. And right. I am a regular listener of his podcast. And sometimes uh, I can't be bothered listening to the interview portion, but I do love his little snippets of music news. Yeah. And just what's going on. And okay, you so you listen for five minutes and you've learned something of what's happening in the industry. Yeah. And for, for like switched on people, I think that just like a tiny little snippet of information is enough to just get my mind boiling over. Definitely, yeah. With an idea. Inspiring a little bit. Yeah, for sure. That's and the best thing about podcasts, really. Yeah. Just turn it on and you've got an idea and you, you're occupied for the rest of the day. Absolutely. And you can go and like um, yeah, implement some idea somehow and test it for yourself. And yeah, fuck, the amount of 
ways that information I've gathered from podcasts has changed my life is pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, they're still not, hasn't even peaked, I assume, podcast users. Like, because I'll, I'll tell people we've got a podcast for our band and they don't really understand how to even find it mm. or hear it. Whereas I sort of take that for granted, I think. I'm just like, check out our podcast, search Claim the Throne. They're like, mm. what? How do you do that? And how, what does it cost? And how do I download it? And when can I listen to it? Mm. And what the fuck is it? Yeah, it doesn't relate to people listening to us now, I assume. But I think a lot of, if I link our show to Facebook or whatever, I think we get a lot of listens just through the website, people just clicking play on the website as opposed to using it on their phone. Mm. Because it just seems, all seems too hard to use the app, perhaps. It's a bit annoying because I think that, especially in Australia, data on your phone needs to catch up yeah, big time. Definitely. But yeah, I'll be like, oh, I've got a week left until my data replenishes. I've only got 100 meg. Yeah. But this new three-hour podcast interview with this person is out. <laughs> right. And I'll just start, ah, screw it. I'll stream it directly from whatever because, yeah, I don't know. It's valuable and, you know, if I don't seize every opportunity I've got to listen to this kind of stuff, yeah, then I'll be backlogged and it'll take me, you know, I'll have to book a week off work just to catch <laughs> up on podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I find the same thing, man. I can't keep up sometimes and there's just so many different sorts I want to listen to. Music, marketing... Mm. Super coach, fantasy football, fucking true crime. I don't know. I've got into that recently for some yeah. fucking reason. Just all this different shit. And then, you know, I, I, just when I think I'm listening to every musician podcast available, a simple search on Google of like top musician podcast to see if mine is anywhere on Google. And I find there's like 20 or so other podcasts I've never listened to before. Mm. So I'm just listening through all of them, trying to find one gold sort of one that'll keep me occupied for a while. And um, before you know it, you subscribe to like 50 podcasts and you just can't keep up with them all. Yeah. The podcast app, that's what you use to listen to, right? I do, but I fucking hate it, i got to say. Okay. Interesting. I don't subscribe to every podcast I listen to. Yeah. So I just listen, I download one episode and it puts it in the not subscribed category. And then the ones that I know I listen to every single time they release an episode, which is maybe only four or five, are on the top part of my list. So they update and tell me that there's a new one. Yeah. But the other ones are ones that I care less about or I skip episodes. So I just like will, when I'm running out of my main stuff, will then go into there, yeah. look if they've got new episodes. I'm like, shit, three episodes back, they had Tom Morello from Raging Against the Machine <laughs> on there. Whoa, I'm definitely going to listen to that. Yeah. Um, whereas sometimes it might be three episodes of like um, how to weave a basket. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I don't want to don't deal with that right now. Yeah. So Cool. We, that, yeah. It's interesting because podcasts, like that app, for example, is a search engine in itself. So someone like, if you've interviewed Tom Morello on your show and someone searches that in their thing, they just, I don't know, in a Rage Against the Machine mood and they search for Tom Morello, it's a good way to find people. And that was one of the reasons I was liking the idea of starting the Claim the Throne one all those years ago. So I just thought, yeah, content marketing. So if people are searching for shit and they just stumble across our band, they would find us that way. Mm. Like earlier, I showed you a search of Brad Wesson in Google <laughs> and it links it to the Claim of the Throne show because we yeah. interviewed him once. Um, so it's a good way of thinking outside the box, I guess. But whether you're attracting the right people or not, who knows? I recently Googled something. I was having some sort of uh, recording-based issue and I Google searched it and almost word for word, the exact term, the first post was one shitty article we wrote like really? four years ago. Oh man, I've got to say, all those articles we've written, 
are like the top in Google for all the those topics. It's hilarious. It's weird, man. I, I go on there because I've got band tools and I search like tools for bands and it comes up with me writing some shit from three years ago, <laughs> top post. Yeah. Oh, fucking tip five and reverb nation and crowdfunding. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to read that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I read them too and I think like, oh man, how amateurish mm. is this stuff? But I mean, if you look at that concept and if you're a death metal band, and you write articles on your band's website about death metal or your top albums of the year or whatever and give it a good title, people might, you know, they're searching for death metal online. They might stumble across that article and find your band. They're thinking about, I don't know. It's quite amazing how many aggregator sites there are. And I listened to an interview on a podcast. Can't even remember which one it was on. Um, And it had the guy from Metal Sucks on Mm -hmm. there. And he just like blatantly referred to the fact that he started five different aggregator websites just um, for ad clicks. Yeah. So it's just to make money. And people do that that aren't even into those topics. They just find, they do like keyword, keyword research, find out what's popular, create a site, take articles from all different sites and make one news post giving yeah. fans of that information all the latest news on that topic. You could definitely so. do it with something like recording because I... I learn things from all over the joint and interesting things. And I'm sure there are things like that out there. And to some degree, Bobby Osinski does that with one of, or a couple of his blogs where he just goes, Oh, that's pretty interesting. And then he blogs about it, says why he's interested in it and then links you to that person's page. Yeah. Which is, I think a great idea. I don't have that time to scour the net like that. No, but I prefer that because at least he provides his opinion on things yeah. and he'll generally respond to you if you comment on it. So if you've got someone owning a an aggregator site and they share information and then you comment on it, they don't really have an opinion because they don't really know, which is, yeah, less worthwhile. True. But they probably must still make money, whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whereas I look at it um, and I look at your podcast, it picks something very specific that might solve a problem. You try it out and you talk about it and that's it and it's done in 10 minutes. I love that it's just short and sharp to the point and I can listen to three Bantles episodes, learn about some stuff I otherwise wouldn't have even heard of sometimes and it's done in the space of listening to like half an album. Yeah. I think that's really cool and you can consume it and that's like the antithesis of doing this aggregator stuff like you, you, yeah, you're pulling it in but the information isn't always specific. It only tells one side of the story Yeah, in a lot of cases. It's funny when I do research myself before an episode for example even like a distro kid one um i mean i don't do it for the episode because i want to know anyway but i'll get on the net on google and searching stuff you know what is distro kid because mark hawkins told me about it and there's i'm like shocked at how many different websites there are going like cd baby versus distro kid versus TuneCore or whatever and all these review sites and even if they are from people who aren't involved or have an opinion it's at least a good way of finding information or pointing me to the right direction or I'll just all of a sudden stumble across some wicked resource I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, interesting. It's like just when you think there's nothing, you think you've got something new, there's always shit out there, and which which is a good way of um, confirming that you've got a good idea, I guess, if other people are doing it. Um, and a lot of those review websites as well, even if they're not interested in that information they often have affiliate links in there so people were starting up these aggregator websites and they're making money off people buying you know signing up to distro kid through some shitty website 
and it's yeah, crazy. they're making money in all sorts of weird ass ways. It's very clever. Um, uh, but I think it's, it's cool because if people are searching are searching for a very specific thing, they can find out that information through resources like that. They don't have to try and search through a, a big website with a huge article with a million different topics or listening to a, a Claim the Throne podcast that goes for an hour and they're trying to find the information about one thing. Um, so that's what some of those things can be good for. Are there podcasts or YouTube channels or anything out there where you can ask a like, ridiculously specific question and people will go and try it and give you the answer without you having to go and buy anything? Maybe. Maybe. We've got our fucking live blodgy next weekend. Ticket sales have been drastically lower than we were probably anticipating. <laughs> I don't know how we could have improved that. Or Honestly, I probably didn't promote it as much as I normally would because I didn't know if I really wanted a lot of people to come. So I'm kind of happy it's going to be low-key. Handful of people, perhaps, and we just sit around in a circle shooting the shit rather than me and you standing up with projector and a slideshow talking crap. I think it would be a lot more real. Looking forward to it. I honestly didn't know how to boil this thing down into like a Steve Jobs, Apple launch style presentation of what to do. Um, so I really did just want to talk and find out what the people there even came for. This is very related to what we've been talking about already, where you have just an abundance of information and not specific information. So we could be standing up there with a slideshow about everything and people might only walk away with a couple of tips mm. whereas if we only got a few people we can really focus on them and narrow down the information that they want and personally provide them our recommendations and suggestions and provide them with some sparklings and hop hogs but exactly yeah i love the idea of just interacting straight up with people because what is hard about the podcast world is we'd do this if no one was listening and as far as i'm concerned no one does listen to this <laughs> damn thing except for like eight people but getting them to feel like it's worthwhile to actually come down and watch us two idiots give them real advice on stuff. I think it's way better to just gauge exactly what they want. And you can't do that when there's, you know, 20, 50 people. But when there's 5, 10, fuck, it's pretty easy to just chat straight up. So what are you doing here? Oh, well, I just listen because um, I like Claim the Throne. Oh, okay, shit. Yeah. Uh, you won't be interested in music marketing. Yeah, then. yeah. I like it. So if you're thinking of buying a ticket but not too sure, I think it's going to be some big massive thing that will be shit. Probably worth coming along because it's going to be small and you're going to get your very specific questions answered and you're going to get your hot voice on the podge a lot more than you would have otherwise. So yeah, sort of a less than 10 person thing. You'll get a lot of questions and very personal and intimate advice. Yeah. And just to have a chat and it will be good to actually connect with the audience, because most of our regulars that we do have as listeners, um, yeah, we catch up with them at gigs and talk all sorts of shit, and it's great. But it, you know, if there's some people who turn up that we're not used to yarning about this stuff one on one with, that would be pretty interesting too. Yeah, we'd love to know. It'd be a great way to find out what people really want to hear, find out what it's really like to be in a <laughs> do-it-yourself metal band in 2017. Claim and the throne is a metal band, <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, in line with marketing, 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 we'll know what people want to hear about. So we're not just guessing every episode and talking shit. And, you know, there might be listeners out there who are just hoping that we'll cover a topic one day, but we're not mind readers. So it'd be great to really hear from the old horse's mouth and um, be able to improve ourselves going forward. Actually, we don't care what you think. We're going to talk about whatever we want anyway, but, you know. 
Yeah, there's. I find when I listen to podcasts, there's a few different types. So some, like your Bobby Osinski's, I love the first 10 minutes of it because it's like very specific. It's industry-based, it's new products, it's all this kind of stuff. And then I also love the chat-based interviews. That's why I think a lot of people listen to Joe Rogan. It's like you can expect in half an hour um, a normal interview will cover. So who are you and what are you doing here? What do you have coming up that you want to plug? But after all that bullshit's over people just start to chat about what's going on. Yeah. And in the case of us, like it helps that we're somewhat active in the music industry. Like, you know, we're recording albums, releasing them, we're trying to play gigs and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, some people just, oh, well, this week Cabo was sick. So what did you, <laughs> what did you spend your time doing? What and- colour phlegm did you cough up? <laughs> no, but I mean, why? Yeah. Like why, why did you spend your week off doing what you were doing rather yeah. than, watching Ricky Lake in front of the TV. Like, <laughs> Ricky Lake. Like you played some guitar and shit like that. And it's like, it doesn't always have to be like dead set, one track frigging conversation. No, you're right. But yeah, there's time and place for each is what I'm getting at. Do you think um, at the live podcast, you would teach people how to talk into a microphone the correct way for podcasting, including let, myself? Let me uh, put you onto a little secret. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and... What's very funny about that is I've definitely got my own ideas about it, but I'm just like that guy on the forum that has just done this, you know, weekly or maybe more like monthly for the last four years and just have figured out that it causes me less problems if we do things in a certain way. Now, I can't control you looking around the room at your fucking posters <laughs> and chatting off into the wilderness or whatever or setting your preamp gain when I'm not around. Yeah, That's all up to you, but... Um, yeah, I've got some tips that can definitely help, but I don't know if that's the right way. I don't know if there is a right way to do this kind of stuff. Mm. And every week that I do the, I guess the mixing or the post-production for this podcast, I do it differently every time. I've tried presets and templates and all this crap, but I just find that, that it never works the same way every friggin' time. Yeah. So yeah, I boil it down to just a general lot of things and it might help you or you might say, you suck and whatever. Well, you never know. We might learn a thing or two from people as well. Exactly. They'll say, well, yeah. actually, I do know the correct way because I've learned this way, but this yeah. is how it's done. And we'll go, fuck yeah, thanks. Part of the reason we do this podcast, like I actually learn as much off you just doing this with you as I do off listening to a freaking Bobby Osinski episode. Well, one right? of the best ways to learn is by teaching people, right? Or at least talking about it or using your brain to think about topics. Yeah. So, yeah, I've definitely learned a lot more myself just by talking about shit on here with you. You know, today, and I mentioned this earlier to you. Chomping at the bit. In private, mm. in privates. Oh no, that was over oh, text. Yeah. I've never paid a red cent for any education I've ever got in yeah. this topic. It's always been through Google websites, forums, all this kind of shit. And just trial and error. But this morning I paid 20 US dollars, which was, I don't know, 26 Australian for some vocal thing how to record vocals that will make a grown man weep or something was the name of the thing, right? <laughs> how do you stop a grown man from laughing? Yeah, kill him. Yeah. <laughs> when you were considering making the purchase, did it cross your mind that you'd only yesterday said you hadn't spent a red rocket on training material before? I thought it would be something funny to bring up on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so. There are other services out there that are subscription-based, mm. 20 bucks a month, and you can download, you know machine head multi-track guitars mm. and then you mix it and then you're in 
a whole forum of people. You post your Fuck, mix. that's cool, eh? You get criticism from it. And then um, they rate you. And if you win, if you have the best mix in the community, you win headphones or something cool. And then at the end of the month, they have the guy who who happens to be... Um, actually, I don't know who the fuck did that. Some guy who's famous who mixed the actual Machine Head song to show you how he mixed it Yeah. on a friggin' six-hour live stream, which is f- amazing, right? Yeah. But 20 bucks a month. It is a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah, and I... I think it's definitely worth it if you're learning. It's cheaper than going to SAE for six months. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but in saying that, I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know if I actually have the time mm. to. That's the problem. Because yeah. I see a lot of the same things um, that I, well, not like that, but probably more so marketing that I w- am interested in. And I do think it's a good idea and is good value, but I just don't have time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Or I see these free webinars and stuff online that you can do and learn shit, which I kind of do want to do, but they're just. I can't commit to them and they want you to sign up in advance. And I'm like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing that day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, same thing. This one I worked it out was going to be at 2 a.m. Um, this upcoming Saturday. And I'm like, yeah, American I, time and stuff. Fuck dude, I can't do that. But if I can watch a video in my own time, yeah, look, it cost me 20 bucks, whatever. Hmm. Um, I'm more of a passenger, probably going to listen to it when on I'm ready, yeah. iPod or whatever on the way to work. And then at some point, okay, I'm not going to sit down and contribute to a community of people and show everyone how my progress is going with yeah. recording vocals. I'm going to have Cabba say, hey, I've written 12 of the dumbest, fastest <laughs> thrash metal songs ever. Can we record these? And I'm like, you know what? I think I can pull off this recording in a friggin' bedroom for you, Cabba. You're going to be my test dummy. Mm, part of the learning experience is doing it. Yeah, and I, I want to um, create value for my band. Awesome, man. I like it. I'm disappointed that I'm on the show because I just this is the time where I just want to listen. Oh, sorry, mate. So I right. talk way too much. Nah, fuck off. Fuck. I swear <laughs> way too much today. hope my parents don't listen to this episode. Where I'm like, I don't have fucking time to listen to a <laughs> seminar webinar. Have you ever been on a webinar? Uh, like what? I'm enjoying, not talked, but watched one, signed up for Yeah, one. I have, I have. And I started watching it and it was so slow moving. Yeah, that's why one-on-one stuff's cool. Yes. Yeah. Which is what we're attempting this weekend. You can go and see us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Album right. of the week? Oh, jeez. Oh, taking me off guard there. What? Oh, <laughs> well, because I've been writing 12 of the most ridiculous, fastest thrash songs <laughs> ever, I've been really hunting high and low for more... 90s, 2000s Swedish melodic death, obviously, right? Because yeah. I just feel like I'm on the eternal search to find bands like that since The Haunted Made Me Do It is not being released again. Um, <laughs> and At The Gates, Law of the Soul is already out, so that's not there. And, you know, most m- melodic death is shit. So, anyway, I think I've finally found what I've been searching for for many years, and it's a band called Corporation 187. <laughs> and the album is called... Perfection in Pain, I think, or something like that. They've got a few albums, but this was the one I liked. And um, I was like, fuck, there's just Riff City and the most intense vocals, and it's just always fast, and that's my favourite type of music. Nice. And I couldn't believe I never heard it before, so I enjoyed it. The, um, the production was shit house. The music videos were so crap, but love the music, love the songwriting, and um, yeah, they're another one of these bands that you hear it and you go, how did this not take off? Like even a Darkane, which is just like the best music ever, but never took off. They got signed to Nuclear Blast for an album or two and 
didn't take off, so they got dropped or whatever. Um, so, interesting. I don't know. Maybe people don't like melodic death as much as I think they do. Uh, Corporation 187, Perfection yeah. in Pain. Cue it up. <laughs> Cued up in my You'll Apple music. piss yourself when you hear it. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I, I don't really have an album of the week this week, as per fucking usual with me. Um, sorry, mum. But a well, uh, $20 lesson of the week. <laughs> I did listen to Mare Cognitum. Oh, which cool. was Oh man, I listened to your entire playlist you sent me, by the way. Oh, Had a blast. Bloody hell. Yeah, Meg Cognitum is great. That really, was definitely my favourite thing from really your list. Good. Um turns out that's twenty seventeen. That was a tip from wow. Sleet on the Sleet cast. Oh yeah. Did mention that, which is Go pretty to, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh I also listened to a bit more Imperium Decadence that I did cool. also uh, dug talk that. about. And then this Einstazendene Bhutan or whatever <laughs> Al was telling me about. That all was right, pretty I'll put that on my definitely list. interesting. I have been meaning to check, go through all those bands from um, Dark Mofo and see what their deal is. Yeah. Well, man, let me tell you, it's worth a listen to. And please, <laughs> please tell me off, Al, if I've listened to the wrong one. But the one I chose was the one with a horse on the cover doing a piss or possibly a cum. <laughs> and it's called House de Luja wow. or something like that. So that's pretty interesting. Great. But I think the thing that really flicked my switch the flicked most was I heard the song Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears okay. while I was at work the other day. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I added this the album Songs for the Big Chair, Songs from the Big Chair, uh, which was 1985. Tears Is there for music Fears. on in your office? Uh, no, my co-worker listens to like a shuffled playlist. Oh, out loud, not with headphones. Yeah, out loud. Really? Yeah, yeah, not cranked, just sort yeah. of... My co-worker does as well, but she listens to like... Uh, she's got a digital radio and I think it's Buddha FM or something or oh. one of these weird sort of ones. But every now and again, there'll be some mad song on that I haven't heard in years and I just, oh, I'm just i stoked yeah. about it and then I get into a bit of a couple of weeks of listening to Portishead. Yeah, he's old school. He's got like lossless... Um, lossless AAC files to an iPod classic that's like 320 gig or something crazy, shuffling so I'm hearing stuff like Tears for Fears, and mm. that's his era. And um, also like heaps of Beatles, uh, side projects of guys from the Beatles, Jeff Lynne, just absolutely everything. Every now and again, Foo Fighters, mm. Green Day, you know, just little cool. bits and pieces. So why does he get to put music on and you don't? I can. He just beat you to it. I can, but where his office is positioned, because we're in an off, open office space, where his is positioned, it's not really offensive. Yeah. And you hear just a general hum of music and it's actually kind of nice yeah. to have. Yeah. And his playlist is like something that any person wouldn't have a problem with. Whereas like if I go and stick mere cognitum on <laughs> and crank it up, I don't think people would love it too much. Uh, I have the odd metal day at work. If my coworker's not in, I'll yeah. take my Bluetooth speaker in and put on um, Segression or <laughs> uh, Contrive or something. But people will come over and they go, oh, you're listening to, is this rock music? I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm like, yeah, Chris is not in today. I'm having metal day. <laughs> They're like, wow, I never hear something like this. They don't have that accent. I don't know what that was. So that's it. Tears for Fears. Have a listen. All right. We'll put a song on from Corporation 187. Yeah. Thursday Night Aggression from the Perfection Pain, whatever the fuck album it's called. Perfection, Perfection in Pain, Pain. album. Yeah. <laughs> what a bad song title. Beautiful. It reminds me of the damaged album uh, Purified in Pain. Oh. Something like that. I like that album. Embalmed in dog shit. <laughs> Mummified in barbed wire. <laughs> Snorkeling in semen. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Okay. See you next week. Some of you will see you in real life next week. The end. Yeah, <laughs> oh, bye. <laughs>